Good morning, Memphis, and welcome to the morning show. Hope you all are doing all right on this February 5th. I just stepped outside real quick before the start of this show. It is going to be a lovely, lovely day outside. If you look at the forecast, um, and if you notice over the weekend, it was like a monsoon. You couldn't go outside for two seconds without just being completely drenched. But that is not the case for most of the week. If I look at the four-day forecast, today we'll see temperatures in the upper 50s, 57 degrees. Sunny conditions continue throughout the day. So with that, let's jump right into the show, and I'll let you guys guess what the top story is. My goodness. If you guys don't have PTSD... Getting on the interstate, I don't blame you. Yesterday after church, I was getting back downtown and I thought, okay, I could take Union to Poplar Avenue or I could take I-240. But after the weekend we had where you had anti-Israel protesters, a mob, frankly, commandeer the I-40 bridge Saturday and strand thousands of you guys, I would think twice before going back on the interstate, frankly. Now, you have to go back to what started, and, and there's a lot that went into what happened on Saturday, where it led to a two-hour protest. You guys saw the images. They're all on our social media. The massive backup on the Tennessee, Arkansas side, both sides of the river. As a matter of fact, Earl Farrell, our afternoon drive host, was stuck on the Arkansas side. I just so happened to be out for a run. I was running 10 miles. I got to mile eight. And I was uh, running down Front Street right beside the convention center. And I realized, oh, there is a anti-Israel demonstration today. That's not unusual. We've seen since October 7th, we've there, there's been multiple demonstrations. But when I realized things were going awry was when some of the activists, some with the megaphones, were calling on protesters to take to the ramp walk and march right up the ramp and block traffic. That's exactly what they did, so I followed them right up the bridge. I called my boss, Todd, when it started unfolding. He said, Todd, I think we have a situation happening down on the bridge. These protesters, I believe, they know they will be arrested for breaking the law, but they're going to do it anyhow. He said, go, you must follow them. I said, Todd, I don't want to be arrested. He said, we would bail you out of jail. So we have great management. So that's exactly what I did. I followed them up there and you started hearing the all too familiar chants. And we have a ton of audio that you're not going to hear from anywhere else because frankly, we were one of the only media stations there. So you got the protesters. Here they are screaming at the top of their lungs, cease fire. They want a one-state solution, which is to call for the genocide of Jews. Take a listen to this in cut number nine. Nobody goes out! 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 Nobody
So that was some of the demonstrators. And while I was there, it was very interesting because they knew they were breaking the law. This was not a group of mobsters that just decided to wake up and and have a protest on the I-40 bridge. They knew it was illegal. Hence the reason some of the organizers held arrest training sessions on the bridge. You could not make this up. And of course they made it all about race and they were calling police officers racist. And they were saying, listen, there will be some of our protesters that will be safe. So anybody who is white, we want you on the outside of the mob, okay? People of color, younger folks, children, they need to be in the center of the demonstration because those are the most vulnerable. They're not going to attack the white demonstrators, which just so happened to be most of them because they were the same group of radical activists that are at City Hall every single day. If you walk back the timeline to just a week ago, We knew that this was going to happen, and that is the real question that I think law enforcement, the city of Memphis, will need to be asked about. Did we know about this demonstration where they were going to shut it down? You kept on hearing that. Shut it down. No one's coming into the city. No one's leaving the city. There was a reason they did it this weekend, because the I-55 bridge was completely blocked due to traffic. I didn't think about that for one moment. Yes, it blocked commerce, but there was no one able to leave Memphis. There was no one able to get into the Memphis or into our city. We were stranded. Now, the group behind this protest, a group of radical activists, had promoted this about a week ago. Memphis Voices for Palestine. And if you're joining us on our live video page, I pulled the flyer. I'll hold it up. You can see it, um, shut it down for Palestine, Memphis protest. There will be a special guest, blah, 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 blah. So we knew about this, or I hope we did, right? We have intelligence here in the city, or was there a breach in that intelligence? About an hour into the protest, that is when the first members of law enforcement arrived on the scene, and they were told to negotiate with these domestic terrorists. People calling for the genocide of Jews, haters of the Jewish people. And so that's what our men and women in blue tried to do. They tried to negotiate with those breaking the law. And I pulled, because I was there, what it sounded like. They had the big, um, they they had the megaphones. And this is what it sounded like. Cut 18. So law enforcement telling the demonstrators this is illegal and you will be arrested. So why didn't they arrest them? Arrest every single one of them and take them to 201 Poplar and process them. Here's the statement that came from the Memphis Police Department. We would like to thank the Shelby County Sheriff's Office and the Tennessee Highway Patrol for having personnel in place to assist if the need had arose. They went on to say, blah, 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 blah. There were no arrests made today in connection with the protests. They were breaking the law. Last check, if you break one of our laws, that would warrant an arrest. Now, it's a very similar question that Brent Taylor asked 
Todd Starnes, who jumped into the studio when we realized this was going from bad to worse. Todd drove in from Germantown. Got to give my boss a huge shout out. Not only did he host the breaking news coverage, he answered phone calls and he also ran the board. He did what Dylan and Tripp do over there. Here's Brent Taylor calling into that live broadcast, which we really appreciate the state senator doing. And here's what he had to say. Cut 16. And it should be a felony because there are people in uh, eastern Arkansas who depend on our hospitals and uh, for you know their medical needs. And it, imagine somebody stuck in traffic uh, that is trying to get across the bridge and trying to get to the hospital uh, and can't do so because... Uh, the people from the loony wing of the Democrat Party are blocking the, the interstate. And it just has, we have to put a stop to this. And, uh, and, and I have already filed a bill uh, that will actually make this a felony. And, you know, you had mentioned that there's been some type of negotiation with the, the uh, would-be uh, protesters or the protesters. I tell you, the only negotiation that should occur is which police car they want to be put in the back seat of. Uh, there's no sense in negotiating with these people. They shouldn't be blocking the bridge. And if they want to protest, I'm all for them protesting, but they need to do so in a legal way that doesn't impact people who are simply trying to go about their daily lives. He's exactly right. And it wasn't just rhetoric that he was referring to. We had one report where a woman had to be airlifted to a hospital from the Arkansas side of the river because first responders, well, they were stuck in traffic. My gosh, they should have been arrested just in in the rate that this woman would have passed away. And we don't know the follow-up on this story. We're working to understand that. All of these activists, these Jew haters, should be charged with being complicit in that woman's death if, in fact, that were to happen. I mean, it was a very, very dangerous city. Now, what's so frustrating is how the mainstream media here in town covered it. I was watching some of their packages, WREG. I'm throwing them all under the bus. Action News 5, which I've got to give them credit because they at least featured Brent Taylor in their pieces because he's the only voice of reason in the city. Fox 13, Local 24, all of the narratives coming from their packages were about the pro-Palestinian movement and why they their cause justified them breaking the laws. Why didn't you talk and fill your packages with the thousands of angry Memphians and Mid-Southerners and commuters that were just trying to get from place A to place B? Because that's exactly what we did. We opened up our phone lines and here's what we got. Here's a driver named Zachary. He phoned into our live broadcast. Cut number 14. I'm sitting, I'm sitting on the state line at, at the bridge right now, looking at Memphis, and we're going nowhere. We moved two feet, and then we stopped. We moved three feet, and we stopped. And I don't know why we're waiting on the, the highway patrol. Why can't the highway patrol and the sheriff's department, Memphis City, work together and get these people off the damn bridge? Well, Zachary, that's because they were told to negotiate with domestic terrorists. They did not actually, they were screaming that it was unlawful and they could be arrested, but they did not arrest these demonstrators. Imagine being there, which I was, and I feel very thankful that I was actually there in real time. It was surreal. I've always said I wanted to jog across the I-240 bridge. Little did I know it would be with 
a hundred different Jew haters. So frustrating. Uh, Jolie, she phoned in, heard about KWM for the first time. She was trying to understand why there was so much backup. So many of my friends were texting me because they know I, they know I'm in the circle of news, and they're like, "What's going on? We've been stuck in traffic for over two hours." These people have no idea that a group of liberal activists just decided to wake up one morning and shut down commerce. No one knew that. I mean, members of the media did, and we tried to get that information out as soon as possible. But this new listener that stumbled across KWIM, that's exactly what she said. She was just trying to get online, understand why she cannot go see, I believe it was her 80-year-old mother. Take a listen to this and cut 12. My name is Julie, and I am calling from the traffic. I am currently um, crossing the bridge from Mud Island back over to Front Street to try to get back on the bridge to go home to Arkansas to take care of my 80-year-old mother. But no, but no. First of all, let me tell you that I have seen, yes, um, the brown Shelby County Sheriff SUV approaching the scene probably 15 minutes ago. I have seen black SUVs. I'm hearing sirens now. I'm seeing blue lights now. I see two lanes, it looks like, going westbound um, that, the, that are open on the bridge. So the traffic is starting to flow across the bridge in some ways and up the exit ramp that I'm hopefully about to go up. We have more audio that we'll play throughout the morning show. Here is what is coming from the mayor's office. He released this statement to KWAM regarding the illegal shutdown of the I-40 bridge. Quoting him now, I would like to thank MPD, Tennessee Highway Patrol, Shelby County Sheriff's Office, and our Arkansas law enforcement partners for responding together to ensure a peaceful and quick resolution. Quick? Nope. Sorry. Back to the script. And to restore traffic flow. He goes on to say, my concern is for the safety of all of our residents. The danger of protesting on any active street or bridge is real. I support peaceful protest in safe spaces. That coming from Memphis Mayor Paul Young. Again, no arrests were made in this illegal shutdown of the I-240 bridge. The question we should all be demanding as Memphians as law-abiding citizens, not the ones that break the law, is who gave the order not to arrest or charge any of these protesters? I'd love to hear from you guys. 901-260-5926. 901-260-5926. We'll be right back. that drivers were hearing all morning long. And let me tell you, this was a two-hour holdup on the bridge. Those are some of the chants. That is audio obtained by yours truly, who was out for a, a, a jog and ran into all of these mobsters that took and commandeered the I-240 bridge. Now, I want to feature a couple different pieces by the local media here because this is how they're going to spin this. Well, the 
um, means justified the end. And the means was to break the law. The end is to call for a ceasefire. You heard in that audio. I didn't hear one of those angry, angry demonstrators invoke the name of one Republican. So that should make us feel good. Maybe that's the only silver lining here is that Democrats going into November, people like Steve Cohen and Joe Biden, they have a long way to go to restore their uh, relationship with young voters and these activists. They were chanting all sorts of things toward the Democratic Party because they expect them to do the will of their activism. And that just hasn't been the case coming out of Steve Cohen's office. Now, here is what the demonstrators, the protesters, the illegal. um, Well, no, they were lawbreakers spoke to Channel 3. And I want you to take a listen to this, because here's what we need to understand. Because there were no consequences to Saturday's events, this will only be a matter of time before it happens again. It's not a matter of if it will happen again. It absolutely will happen again. They did this in the wake of George Floyd. Where did they go? They went to the bridge. They shut down commerce. Where did they go? Because of the war between Israel and Hamas, it went right to the bridge. They shut it down. Believe them that they'll do it again. We're coming up on um, June. We'll be here before you know it. Are they going to shut down the bridge because of what an attack on LGBTQ rights? Well, I wouldn't blame them if they didn't because the city completely catered to the the minority. It's unbelievable. Take a listen. Cut 19. So how long do you plan to stay out here on the bridge? Until Steve Cohen's co-sponsors for a ceasefire. Until this genocide stops. Until our tax money is no longer funding what is going on in Palestine. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. I'm willing to pave the road for more people to speak out on this. Cohen, Cohen, you can't getting arrested you're, that's a risk you're willing I'm to take. willing to take that risk 30,000 civilians are kill, killed or murdered half of them are children all of them murdered by um, weapons America has sent they did not want all this like action to happen they should have listened to us the first time you know you're here to represent us you're here to represent your people of America and we're saying to stop funding this genocide we're stop using our tax money that we have to pay for this genocide mm. Do you understand the game they play? And it's it's a winning game. Because on Saturday, it's very clear what happened. The thousands that were left stranded, the woman who was unable to get emergency help, we were the losers. They won. And that's what's so frustrating is someone who was on the bridge with these activists and these people breaking the law. They knew that they the probability of them being arrested were extremely high. Actually, we played some audio. They went through, I guess, arrest training. We have some of that audio. Here is one of the activists standing on the bridge. And she said, this is how you need to I basically implement a safety protocol for when police come and arrest you. Take a listen. Cut to. A little bit of your attention. And come, come towards us so everyone can hear. From this side right now. So what we're going to do is practice little bit of uh, community care, community safety. So that means um, you are like a more vulnerable person, maybe a younger person. Um, um, if you're um, going to be so-called safer with the police, go on the outsides and link arms. 
with the people directly next to you as tightly as you possibly can. Arms behind your back, making sure that there's no room. So you heard that if you are a safer person, quote unquote, a safer person with the police. And I was there and I know what they said because they made it very clear. If you're a white person, you stand on the outside of the mob's circle because police will be more careful with you and they won't, I guess, abuse you. The thing that they should have known is there would have been no arrest, no need for this safety protocol when being arrested because the police were told not to arrest you. So who told the law enforcement here in our city not to arrest people that were blatantly breaking the law? Because as I just said, this will happen again. It's just a matter of when. Fortunately, we have good guys like State Senator Brent Taylor. He just sent this over and I'll read his statement. This morning, I sent a letter to TBI Director David Rausch requesting the TBI investigate this illegal protest to determine which individuals are responsible for this action and refer the findings to the appropriate office to be fully prosecuted. We'll take your calls and comments. I see them rolling in. So on the other side, we'll jump into some of those as well as Steve Gill dropping by the show. Also, we have a very interesting story about a spice company in town. It says if you're a conservative, get out. We're not giving you the salt, pepper, the paprika. We'll have that story in hour number two. Don't go away. And welcome back to the morning show. Hope you guys are doing well on this busy, busy Monday morning. It was funny, and I kind of had to chuckle while I was on the bridge, and it was an absolute out-of-body experience. I couldn't believe what was happening in front of my face. You've got Decarcerate Memphis and the BLM chapter in in town, and they, of course, commandeered the bridge because they like to cause what they call, quote-unquote, good trouble. If I hear good trouble one more time, I'm going to scream, lose my mind, arrest all of those causing the good trouble because it was illegal. But not only were they calling for the genocide of Jews, they were calling for police chief C.G. Davis to resign. Make that make sense? It's where there's two causes of activism and they kind of came at an impasse, like right up on each other. And I was, our city is such a mess. What's so funny is it was very clear to everybody there on the bridge. They knew there were no consequences on this side of the state line. Reason being is they actually started getting all of their protesters on this side. You know, when you're going across the I-240 bridge and you look up and it says, welcome to the natural state of Arkansas. They were like, guys, 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 we have to get on this side. Well, because Sarah Huckabee Sanders, though she was in Texas, was being briefed on what was happening. And her office tweeted out this and they knew they meant business. You're not going to break the law in the natural state because we will be arrested On our side with the city of Memphis, there will be no consequences, and there wasn't. Here's what Sarah Huckabee Sanders had to say. Put very simply. No, 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 no. That's another topic. She said in a quote, you have the right to free speech, but if you break the law and endanger others, you will go to jail. Arkansas stands with Israel. She also said thank you to Arkansas law enforcement for clearing the pro-Hamas protesters. Blocking one of our state's busiest bridges. Yeah, they were pro-Hamas because on some of their Palestinian flags, they had the spokespeople for Hamas on them. All right. This is not just calling for a ceasefire. It's calling for the extermination 
of the Jewish people. Here to break down the story even more, political contributor Steve Gill. Steve, what we saw in New York City, what we saw at airports in Los Angeles, in Chicago, happened, broke out right in the Bluff City. I guess I'm not shocked, but it was pretty surreal being there watching it in real time. If there was never ever a moment for Dylan to be playing bridge over troubled waters every time y'all come back from break, this is the morning. <laughs> right. Well, it's it's funny because these these activists they're very cowardly, and they they are terrified that there could potentially still be consequences because. Uh, about a day after the protest, they started releasing some of their propaganda. We shut down the bridge. We caused good trouble. And it was all in the name of yeah, this ceasefire. And so they were tweeting out images and they were putting little emojis, smiley emojis over the faces of their protesters. It's very funny because we have the full unredacted photos with all of their faces. And it brings me much joy to know that I can hand those over to authorities, Steve. Where are the guys that you know spin their wheels in downtown Memphis when you need them? I mean, they'll 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 be racing around spinning wheels, you know, uh, burning out in downtown Memphis. Where were they when we needed them on the bridge? Mm, it's a fair fair question. You know, there's a local meteorologist in town that decided to take her stab at what we saw on Saturday. And I'm pulling up the tweet, Chelsea Chandler over at Fox 13, because KWM got in a lot of trouble because we were inciting violence, like we were the ones causing the problem. No, they were the ones. Well, here's what the meteorologist over at Fox had to say. The amount of people in my comments who act as if they'd be willing to commit vehicular homicide is alarming. Please talk to a therapist about these intrusive thoughts. Regardless of the circumstances, it's still murder and wild that you're okay blasting that out publicly. We responded to Chelsea Chandler over at Fox and said, The domestic terrorists shut down a major bridge for hours. They held thousands of motorists hostage. Can we talk about their criminal behavior, Steve? Well, you know, people suggesting vehicular homicide as a response uh, apparently bothers this person, but uh, those calling for genocide of millions of Jews are perfectly uh, are perfectly okay. I mean, again, the the idiocy of of both the protesters and those that support the uh, pro Hamas kill the Jews from the river to the sea crowd uh, is it, just again you you can't argue with the mindless because there's there's nothing that they can can say that's legitimate. Well, not only that. And them saying that we are inciting any form of of violence, I will say I was standing up there and I thought, what if the motorist just started to press the gas a little bit? No, we're not running them over, but they would move, right? Uh, The person's body versus a cart, they would absolutely move, but there was no orders for them to get off the bridge. And that's similar to what one of our listeners is saying. You want to talk about the danger that Chelsea Chandler is screaming about. Talk about the woman who had to be airlifted because she was stuck in traffic for hours. What about their lives and what about their safety? But we need to move on because there's other things happening across the state. Speaking of our state leaders, they were down in Texas. Governor Bill Lee there at the border with Governor Greg Abbott. They wanted to assess what was happening on our southern border Not only him, Sarah Huckabee Sanders joined Governor Bill Lee to just get a first-hand account of the crisis. We have that audio. Take a listen. Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Put very simply, 
Joe Biden has completely failed at one of his most basic and important duties as the president. He has failed to protect our borders and protect our people. Not only has he failed at his job, but he's been dishonest about it. He's trying to pass off the idea that somehow he has no ability to do anything to fix it. And Congress has to step up when every single person knows he could make changes and steps right now today to help secure our border and protect our country. Yet he simply refuses to do so. And because of his failures, Governor Abbott is having to step up. Governors from across the country are having to step up and do the job of the federal government because they simply won't. Which leads me to the new bill coming out of the Senate, the border bill. It would give $60 billion more dollars, not to our southern border, Steve, but to Ukraine. Only $20 billion for our U.S. border and $2.3 billion more for additional refugee resettlement in the United States. This was crafted by Republicans over in the Senate. What on earth? This is insanity. And every single one of those Republicans must be primaried. Well, if if Joe Biden and uh, Alejandro Mayorkas would get their heads out of their posteriors, they would know that the border is not shut down, that it is wide open, that millions of people crossing into our country is an invasion. It is is traitor uh, behavior to allow it to continue. And and if, if there is anything that was needed to nudge the, uh, the House to, to pass the uh, impeachment of Mayorkas, uh, the, the continued chaos at the border should get it done. And then the Biden-Schumer, uh, James Lankford of Oklahoma uh, uh, immigration bill should be the final straw that breaks the back. You know, if, if, the, uh, if the governors of uh, Texas and the, and the mayors in Texas would, would start busing loads of illegals to Tulsa and Oklahoma City. Maybe people in Oklahoma would re- uh, realize that James Lankford, their U.S. senator, who's been crafting this ridiculous immigration bill, while he's been screaming that the rumors and, and leaks about the bill, that, that it was going to allow millions of illegals to continue to flow into our country, was just, was just lies. Uh, and then we see the, the text, and it is absolutely true that the liar is James Lankford, the senator from Oklahoma. Sadly, there is no recall provision in Oklahoma. Sadly, he just got elected about a year ago, so they're stuck with him, and we're stuck with him for another several years. But but they should make life for James Lankford in Oklahoma miserable, a living hell every day for the next five years until they can remove him for office. And, and if I'm Governor Abbott, uh, you know, I, I like seeing the busloads being sent to New York and Chicago and Martha's Vineyard, send them all to Oklahoma City and (laughs) Tulsa and and every other little town in Oklahoma until James Lankford resigns. One of the senators that will have to vote yes or no for this comes from our state, Marsha Blackburn. Here's what she had to say. It is against the law for an individual to illegally cross into our country. It's incredible that still needs to be said today. We're a nation of law and order, yet the Biden administration has allowed over 8.8 million illegal immigrants to flood our southern border. Meanwhile, at least 85,000 migrant children have gone missing under the watch of Biden's HHS as cartels and unvetted sponsors take full advantage of them. This is unacceptable and allowing even one immigrant to enter our country illegally is unacceptable. I will never vote 
to make illegal immigration legal, and I will not support this deal. And we'll have to go over to the House, and it looks like that will also be dead on arrival. Here's what the Speaker had to say about the bill. Quote, I've seen enough. The bill is even worse than we expected and won't come close to ending the border catastrophe the President has created as the lead uh, Democrat negotiator proclaimed under this legislation, the border never closes. So it looks like this will ultimately die in the halls of Congress, Steve. Well, hopefully the House will stand firm and, and that you'll even see Democrats vote no against this atrocious, uh, ridiculous, uh, keep the border wide open, the HOV lane for illegal immigrants to continue to flood here and get benefits, health care benefits, education benefits. You know, I think New York City is wanting to give them uh, credit cards, prepaid credit cards. Uh, and so it should be killed in the in the House. But here's what's going to happen, Ben. The Democrats are going to scream that the Republicans are blocking, you know, closing the border because they're going to use their allies in the media to claim that this bill somehow locks down the border, that it solves the illegal immigration issue. And the, and the media is going to spread their, their lies. They're going to scream loud that the Republicans are refusing to stop the chaos at the border. The House passed a border bill and sent it to the Senate uh, seven or eight months ago that Chuck Schumer and Mitch uh, Turtleneck McConnell <laughs> will not bring to a vote. Uh, so the Republicans have stepped up to actually lock down the border, stop the flood. It's the Democrats that are keeping it open uh, because they want the chaos. They want the continued flood of, of future Democrat voters to come across the, uh, across the border and into communities across the country. Uh, and, and Republicans at every level need to be repeating the, the lie that, uh, that this Democrat bill somehow shuts down the border uh, until people's ears are bleeding and let the people continue to see with every visual that we can provide that the border is not closed and the Democrats are keeping it open. Mm. All right. Going to leave it there. Steve, as always, great stuff. We'll catch up with you on Thursday. Thank you. Thanks, my friend. Talk to you later. All right. On the other side of the break, Governor Bill Lee is going to deliver his sixth state of the state address to the General Assembly. But before that, one of our own state senators, London Lamar, gave a pre-buttle to his state of the state address. We'll have that on the other side. Don't go away. Big shout out to all of our new listeners. Of course, we say this tagline often, and it is true. The city of Memphis turns to KWAM in chaos, and we saw that on Saturday where people were jumping online. I was doing it myself, even though I knew what was happening on the I-240 bridge because I was standing on it with these illegal protesters that were breaking the law. They knew they were doing that. But I went to TDOT, and I was like, are they pushing out any information? I went to the Memphis Police Department. There was nothing. People stuck in traffic, unable to go from point A to point B. They had no idea what was happening. So people naturally started scanning the airwaves. In the case of one woman named Julie, who phoned into our Saturday live broadcast of breaking news when all of this unfolded, I guess she went to her chat GPT AI. Maybe she asked Alexis, but it brought up KWAM. And she heard Todd. She heard Earl Farrell. She heard myself. And this is what that sounded like, cut 11. Like, I don't know what's happening. Like, I don't know why. I thought it was an accident, you know? And I'm, like, tweeting at RDOT, tweeting at TDOT. Like, I know I'm not supposed to do that when I'm in the car, but when you're parked, what are you going to do? <laughs> and um, True. Good boy. So I've been, you know, my kids are all out of the nest, so I'm trying to learn to use AI. 
So um, I asked the Bing chatbot to help me find a news radio, right? <laughs> I don't listen to AM radio. What the hell? Um, so I'm so glad I found you guys because I was freaking out. I was like, what is happening? Wow. Dylan, did you know that ChatGPT and asking the AI bot would lead you to AM radio? I had no idea. My goodness. I'm about to look it up to see if I can find it. Well, I am encouraged to hear that because at the end of her conversation she had with Todd, I mean, this woman is in absolute panic. She can't take her mom from point A to point B. Her mom was in her 70s, I believe. No idea because TDOT releasing no information. Memphis Police Department, no information. Fortunately, we were the only radio and television station that were taking these reports live in the city. We heard that multiple times. People scanning the TV, they're like looking for one of their loose, no, local news stations, excuse me, to cover the story. No one was covering it until hours after the fact. That's not helpful. <laughs> that is why radio and doing what we do every single day is so important. So very, very thankful to have more listeners joining our force every single morning. All right. As promised, I'm going to play you the pre-buttle. Typically, it's like a post-buttle to the state of the state address. That coming from London Lamar, a radical leftist in the city. But first, I wanted to read a couple of your headlines and your comments. Excuse me this morning. Tim writing this. Will the mayor be asked specifically about his response to Saturday? Will he take responsibility for the ensuing problems created by his failure to deal with that event as it unfolded? Well, I don't expect to see much from Mayor Paul Young. I'll read what... They sent over to KWAM. He said, I would like to thank MPD, Tennessee Highway Patrol, Shelby County Sheriff's Office, and our Arkansas law enforcement partners for responding together to ensure a peaceful and quick resolution to restore traffic flow. Goes on to say, my concern is for the safety of our residents. The danger of protesting on any active street or bridge is real. He leaves out that it is legal, but then goes on to say he supports peaceful protests in safe Spaces. Well, Paul Young, they were not in a safe space. They were literally on one of the busiest interstates in all of America blocking it. That is not a peaceful protest. That is an illegal protest. Where are the consequences? The reason our mayor cannot actually enforce the law against his activists in town is because he's in the pocket of many of them. That's just the sad reality. Lynn says, did they have a permit? That's a great question, Lynn. I appreciate you asking it. And if so, who gave it to them? They didn't have a permit. But we do know, if you look at our live Facebook video this morning, that this was floating around social media for a whole week that said, we are going to shut it down for Gaza. So why didn't they know it? Was there a a breach in intelligence? You would think something that was being shared so much across social media They would have flagged that. Janine writes this. They don't care that people's lives could have been in danger trying to get to the hospitals downtown. They didn't care about anyone or anything except supporting a group of terrorists. Well said. All right. We'll read more of those in one moment. Here is London Lamar. Senator London Lamar. Senator London Lamar. Chairwoman of the Senate Democrats. On Monday, Governor Bill Lee is giving his sixth state of the state address. And of course, we can expect him to paint a rosy picture of where things stand in Tennessee while looking past all the challenges we're facing 
when it comes to working families. And once again, Tennesseans are going to be told they should support a scam that defunds our neighborhood schools to subsidize private school tuition for wealthy families. And finally, he's going to tell you that giant corporations deserve another huge tax break while we, everyday Tennesseans, are paying a higher tax rate than their CEOs. So, before you hear the governor's pitch, I want you to hear some real talk from me. Every single challenge facing our families can literally be linked to decisions made by Governor Lee and the Republican Party in this Wrong. state. And instead of working on these issues holding us back, Republicans have used their power to seize wealth for campaign contributors and made cuts that hurt working people. They've wasted years of our time and our tax dollars in pursuit of a trickle-down agenda that serves billionaires and big corporations while literally undermining our personal prosperity, our safety, and our freedom. But it doesn't have to be this way. It's time to end this race to the bottom and start focusing on an agenda that actually prioritizes the freedom for working families. Tennessee Democrats envision a way forward where hard work, opportunity and justice are a reality for every family, not just the wealthy few. We want a state where working families, small business owners and family farmers have a level playing field with giant corporations. And every family gets the tools that they need to build a good life. That's how we grow the economy, from the middle out to the bottom up, not the top down. We're fighting to raise income and lower the cost for everyday Tennesseans. So families don't have to choose between paying for rent, groceries, or childcare. We're bringing solutions that increase housing affordability, expands paid family leave, shrink childcare deserts, and invest in train lines. And we want working families to get a tax cut that they can actually feel by ending Tennessee's grocery tax forever. All right, that is the Democrats' response to Governor Bill Lee's State of the State address that he'll give later today. I would just ask them, look at one issue the Democrats have handled and look no further than Shelby County. Education, worst education in the state of Tennessee. Crime off the charts. That's not the fault of Republicans. That's the fault of progressives that have destroyed this city for the last 60 years. So, ma'am, with all due respect, sit down. More on the other side. Don't go away. The second hour of the morning show on this beautiful beautiful monday morning and we could use it after what saturday night the rain started falling and didn't stop until last night i'm like man we are flooding out right now across the city of memphis well the good news is that today will be sunny sunny all day long highs in the upper 50s this coming in this hour senator brent taylor now calling for the tennessee bureau of investigation to launch a probe into the weekend commandeering of the Hernando de Soto Bridge over the Mississippi River. Of course, that being on I-240, because we know that the event had been planned. That's the kicker, right? This just didn't come out of thin air. This was planned, and they knew it was illegal. Hence the audio we played in the last hour where they were giving courses on what to do if, in fact, you are arrested. Well, here to break down the story is someone who's very involved with such legislation my friend luke symbol luke thank you for joining this morning a lot of news over the weekend a lot of news and and i have to say kwam did a fantastic job 
covering this story. I, I joked with um, station owner Todd Starnes that I think God's favor must be on this station to have you running by to see the beginning. You were the only one there for the entire period, right from the very beginning, because you happened to be running by uh, to Todd jumping on the control booth here and uh, going live. Y'all were the only ones live, I think, in local news, and you did a fantastic job covering the story. Well, that is very kind of you to say. Maybe it was God's smile on our life, but at the end of the day, it was chaotic. A lot of people had no idea. I mean, think how backed up that traffic was. They're not involved in news. They're just trying to get to downtown. They're trying to get over into Arkansas, and yet they are stuck in traffic for over two hours. Now, Dylan, we were telling the listeners that we had a new caller call in Saturday during the live broadcast. Todd had jumped in studio. Here's what she had to say about no information getting out from the Memphis Police Department or the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Take a listen to this in cut number um, cut number 11, please. Look, I don't know what's happening. Like, I don't know why. I thought it was an accident, you know, and I'm like tweeting at dot, tweeting at dot. Like, I know I'm not supposed to do that when I'm in the car, but when you're parked, what are you going to do? <laughs> and um, True. Good point. So, <laughs> I've been, you know, my kids are all out of the nest, so I'm trying to learn to use AI. So um, I asked the Bing chatbot to help me find a news radio, right? <laughs> I don't listen to AM radio. What the hell? Um, so I'm so glad I found you guys because I was freaking out. I was like, what is happening? A lot of people just wondering what is happening. Unfortunately, we were able to be in a place to relay that information to the public. But State Senator Brent Taylor speaking up. I want to get your reaction to this. He called into that live broadcast and here's exactly what he had to say. Cut 16. And it should be a felony because there are people in uh, eastern Arkansas who depend on our hospitals and uh, for, you know, their medical needs. And imagine somebody stuck in traffic uh, that is trying to get across the bridge and trying to get to the hospital uh, and can't do so because uh, the people from the loony wing of the Democrat Party are blocking the, the interstate. And it just has we have to put a stop to this. And, uh, and and I have already filed a bill uh, that will actually make this a felony. And you know, you had mentioned that there's been some type of negotiation with the the uh, would be uh, protesters or the protesters. I tell you, the only negotiation that should occur is which police car they want to be put in the back seat of. Uh, there's no sense in negotiating with these people. They shouldn't be blocking the bridge. If they want to protest, I'm all for them protesting, but they need to do so in a legal way that doesn't impact people who are simply trying to go about their daily lives. Luke, that legislation needed more now than ever. That's right. He filed that uh, last week in the General Assembly that would make shutting down roadways like this a felony. It is dangerous. Uh, It is unacceptable. Um, it also creates a private civil right of action. So if you are harmed, let's say you're trying to get to the hospital, you are blocked by protesters and you suffer harm. You can then sue the protesters um, for damages for those actions. And here's something that's really important. The fact that there were no arrests is unacceptable. Senator Taylor had to call Colonel Perry with a THP to alert him as to what was going on. They had to send reinforcements. MPD was on the scene. Um, you know, the protesters didn't want to go onto the Arkansas side because they knew the Arkansas State Police would arrest them right under Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Why didn't we arrest? And this morning, Senator Taylor released a letter asking the TBI to investigate 
who was responsible for this protest, why no arrests were made, and to then refer who was responsible to the appropriate authorities so that they can be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. This lawlessness in Memphis is unacceptable, and to have no arrests for this protest contributes to that feeling of lawlessness. Um, That full letter is on our website, kwamradio.com, kwamradio.com. You can read it for yourself. Here with more reaction, station owner Todd Starnes joining the conversation. That is the question, Todd. Our listeners have been asking all morning long, who made that decision to not press any charges? I think that's a fair question, and uh, Ben, just some breaking news as well for all of the motorists coming in and relying on KWAM for that uh, traffic news. Uh, Again, this is a major situation at I-40 where the uh, all lanes have been blocked. This is I-40 at the 240 flyover. So uh, if you are trying to get into the city, uh, East Memphis or downtown, you need to find another way to get to work. Uh, It is an absolute mess out there. But again, Ben, I, I think the question is is one that has to be addressed. I'm so glad to hear that Senator Taylor is calling for an investigation. Uh, the response coming out of City Hall was, was quite frankly, weak. And I know that uh, the mayor has only been on the job for a little over a month now. Uh, but this is really unacceptable. Uh, there needs to be a very strong message sent that we are not going to tolerate lawlessness in this city. And I think, Ben, that's the problem, is that now every every random Joe could go out there and block the bridge knowing that there is no consequence for doing something like that. It's a great, it's a great point, Todd, you raise. And quite a few of our KWAM listeners posed the question, and it was a provocative one. What if those were Republicans that decided that they were going to commandeer the I-240 bridge and shut down commerce? I think we'd be talking about a very different story. Speaking of leadership by the city, by the police department, we had a driver that was stuck in that mayhem. Call in to you, actually. This was on Saturday. You jumped behind the board. We're answering phone calls while hosting this live broadcast. And here's what he had to say. Cut 13. I just feel it's a shame that we got we got such a small group that's doing the, you know, telling the majority what the hell to do. So, please, you know, something's got to be done. And if the new police chief can't do this or the interim police chief, then we need to find somebody else. Todd, why haven't we heard from the police chief? Why wasn't she out there? That's the question. Yes. And, and let me explain. And, and, and this is important for people. And I think this is one of the reasons why people just, you know, rushed over to KWAM over the weekend. Uh, they realize that the media in this town is not getting the story, or they don't want you to know the story. The fact that the Daily Memphians shut down all of the comments, they literally, and we have the screenshots, so they can't get away with saying, oh, fake news. We've got the screenshots. They disabled comments on their website. They limited the people who could complain about it uh, on, um, on social media, just like Novel Memphis did literally deleting comments of people complaining because they cancel or you know, they refuse to, to host our book event. Uh, so this is it's pretty nefarious what uh, you know what the, the media yeah. is doing here um, and it's just unacceptable. And that was what I found so revealing about their coverage is every one of their MOS, that's what you would deem in the media as man on the street. In this case it was thousands of motorists. They didn't interview those people. 
They wanted to interview the pro-Hamas protesters, and this is what it sounded. Look no further than WREG's package, Cut 19. So how long do you plan to stay out here on the bridge? Until Steve Cohen's co-sponsors for a ceasefire. Until this genocide stops. Until our tax money is no longer funding what is going on in Palestine. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. I'm willing to pave the road for more people to speak out on this. Cohen, Cohen, you can't getting arrested. You're, that's a risk you're willing I'm to take. willing to take that risk. 30,000 civilians are kill, killed or murdered. Half of them are children. All of them murdered by um, weapons America has sent. They did not want all this like action to happen. They should have listened to us the first time. You know, you're here to represent us. You're here to represent your people of America. And we're saying to stop funding this genocide. We're stop using our tax money that we have to pay for this genocide. So, Luke, I guess the message coming from these pro-Hamas activists is that if Steve Cohen doesn't himself jump on a plane, go over to Gaza and end this <laughs> the, the warfare, they will do this again. I mean, how misinformed are these people? And, and you know what's another interesting point? She, This protester says, we are ready to be arrested. They wanted to be arrested. Why weren't they arrested? Right? They were ready. Todd, you want to take a stab at that question? Well, it, it, look, it's a great point, and I love how this senator framed this, because you've got six pro-lifers who were actually lawfully praying outside of an abortion clinic north of Nashville. They now face 10 years in federal prison for doing that. So I, I suspect the reason why is because these were supporters of Mayor Young. Um, we need to know, and maybe the TBI investigation will determine the answer to this question, we need to know who gave the order not to arrest those lawbreakers. I believe that if it had been up to the rank-and-file officers, uh, those folks would have been uh, taken right off that bridge. But the moment, guys, that the arrest should have happened is as soon as they marched away from City Hall and stepped onto the street, that is a crime in the city of Memphis. They did not have any permits. It was a crime to block those streets. That's when they should have been arrested. But instead... Uh, this city has turned a blind eye to this nonsense. They've done it in the past, and as a, as now as a result of that, thank God, nobody lost their lives. But uh, it was a very dangerous situation with at least two two people dealing with medical emergencies that could not get to where they needed to go. Todd referring to the rank and file, if they were allowed, if they were not told to negotiate and actually arrest, do their job, this is maybe what it would have sounded like, because these were the orders, as I heard, to these protesters. Cut 18. It's immediately, this is an unlawful, unlawful event. It's immediately, this is an unlawful, unlawful event. I'll give you the last word, Luke. And you know, Todd and Ben, what I find so interesting is that while these protests were happening, Mayor Young updated his Facebook profile picture and Facebook cover photo, and you knew that he saw what was happening, and yet he refused to put out a statement and was silent while this dangerous situation occurred. Mm. All right. Going to leave it there because we're coming up on the break. Todd, Luke, thank you for dropping by as we continue our coverage. More on the other side, but want to hear from you guys what should happen to these protesters who, yes, they've been told they will not be arrested, but what should happen to prevent this from ever happening again? We'd love to hear from you. 901-260-5926, 901-260-KWAM. We'll be right back.
and welcome back to the morning show. Boy, do we have a story that is going to blow your mind. Penzi Spices, anybody? I've gotten multiple messages about this KWAM exclusive we're going to jump into in one moment. But first, real quick, let's slip in a call. Mark is calling from Arkansas. As I understand, Mark, and you tell us you were stuck in that traffic with these protesters shutting down commerce for a couple hours. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, I drive that I drive that bridge five days a week, and it's just in, in you know, this is just ridiculous. But yeah, we were coming home for the Tigers game. Went eight after the game on Beale Street. Had no idea what was going on, and Till we were getting on the ramp, we're like, "Hey, wait a minute! That traffic's not uh, uh, moving. Uh, sure didn't look like it." So we did. We had no idea. Luckily, we were heading back to, to Arkansas. By the time we got on the bridge at four thirty, the westbound lane was moving, but the eastbound lane was gummed up. You know, all the way past West Memphis. But but then the, the point that I want to make is, <laughs> I've, I've got an idea. And I'm being uh, joking, of, of course. But why don't we just move the sign that says "Welcome to Tennessee" almost back to that first on ramp exit? And just give it to Arkansas because there's no way that Arkansas is going to put up with this bridge being blocked. They would have shut it down. And that was the word coming from Sarah Huckabee Sanders, which said, if you continue and these pro-Hamas supporters continue to shut down pro- protests, you will be arrested. Mark, appreciate that. And, 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 you know, Ben, at a minimum, you would think that these two states would have some kind of agreement whereby they would both have jurisdiction on that bridge. So that if Tennessee couldn't get there or if Arkansas couldn't get there, because, I mean, the lanes were blocked. You couldn't get yeah. an ambulance through. You could, you know, the way you could, the police could get through, maybe as if they had motorcycles, or they definitely would have had to walk. But you would think that they, that, that since the bridge is essential to both states, that both states should be able to do something about it. It's ridiculous. If, if Tennessee's not going to do it, then let us over here in Arkansas do it. Yeah, good word. Appreciate that call, Mark. Now, wanting to pivot to a story that really ruffled my feathers, and that's why I'm welcoming in Shelby County Republican Women's Club spokesperson, person behind the information out of that great club, my friend Carrie Schwing. Carrie, first of all, good morning to the morning. Good, good morning. morning. Okay, so we've got to talk about Penzi Spices, because you alerted me about something that was given to you. And then after you shared that they do not want conservatives or Republicans ever buying a spice from them again, I started getting multiple messages. So first of all, let's talk about your experience with Penzi Spices and we'll jump into it. Right. So last week I went to Penzi's for the very first time, did some shopping, got home and realized they had put a sample spice into my bag and it was a pro-gender, transgender um, messaging on the spice. And it had a message which said, sugar is sweet, Republicans not so much. What? Their attacks on our transgender community are nothing short of shameful. And that's when I was, I was irate. And I immediately messaged you and I'm like, what in the world is this? So it was actually a spice, though. It was a vanilla spice. A vanilla spice. So I'm looking at the packaging, and we'll post this on our website. It's called Vanilla Sugar of Love Transgender. Remember, what on earth? You just wanted some paprika, some salt and pepper. (laughs) Exactly. Not to be deemed a transphobe, Carrie. Exactly. This is crazy. It is so crazy. And then... um, I think we did some, both of us did some more investigation and their website, oh my gosh, they have an entire page that's called About Republicans. About Republicans. That's, that's Wait, the, so is this like if you go to their website, you'll see their gallery of all their spices, then info about Penzies, and then you're telling me that there is a drop down 
solely for Republicans. Exactly. What's on the drop down? What right. about Republicans? So it's the typical progressive liberal talking points, really nothing there that's insightful or original. Um, it's about how we're racist. We discriminate. Um, there's a whole thing about um, environmentalism. Um, it could definitely use a fact check there. But um, something that was interesting is, you know, they're basically telling Republicans that they don't want our business unless we don't mind being told regularly how much they despise us and everything we stand for. Wow. This is unbelievable. And I then started doing some mess. We talked about this on Todd's national show. And then I got a couple messages from some of our listeners and they said, yeah, you're right. This company is run by a group of radicals and they make no bones about it. It's not like they try to mm-hmm. disguise it. I E you couldn't get more blatant than dropping this ideology in your shopping bag. Um, I'm looking at their website, and so this is what they're saying to conservatives, you guys out there that care about this country. Going forward, they write, we would still be glad to have you as customers, but we're done pretending the Republican Party's embrace of cruelty, racism, COVID lies, climate change denial, and threats to the democracy are anything other than the risk that you all legitimately are. This is appalling messaging. Which we were talking, you know what, Carrie? Boycotts work. That's right. Absolutely. If you don't want us there, I won't shop there anymore. And you'll feel that on your bottom line. Yes, abs- I hope so. So it's interesting. They've actually been in trouble before. They came out January 6th. They released an entire collection of spices called Remember January 6th Spice Collection. Who is going to purchase that? And then after MLK Day, this was a year ago, they made a lot of headlines I didn't know this radical spice company did business here in this city, but upon further investigation, they changed the day of MLK Day to Republicans are racist day. It's offensive on its face. So anyways, what we do now is give them a call. Let them know that that is unacceptable. And Carrie, I'll ask you this before we scoot to break. If the roles were reversed, can you imagine for one second if you had conservative businesses barring liberals, progressives in this city? It would be a national news story. Absolutely. It'd be a media hyperstorm of criticism, protesters, boycotts, lawsuits. Yeah. All right. So here's their number. Give them a shout. 901-440-8377. Their number again, 901-440-8377. It goes back to... The conversation we had last week about Novel Memphis with Todd's book. I mean, Todd is a patriot. He supports that business with many other small businesses here in the city. And what does he get when asked to do a book launch there? Meet his readers? You're not welcome here. And that offends me as a friend of Todd. But it offends me as someone who shares the same ideals as Todd. Ideals that you share. If you do not welcome us, fine. We'll do our business elsewhere. I'll give you the last word. I just want to say thank you, Ben, for having, having me on this morning. And, you know, I encourage everyone to go to Pensy's website. Read it for yourself. It's appalling. Yeah, good stuff. Carrie Sween with the Shelby County Republican Women's Club. By the way, we're partnering up with you guys in what, March? In March, yes. We're having a food drive for Mid-South Memphis. Good stuff. Good stuff. We love you guys. Love the work that you do. And it is a team effort. There are a lot of great organizations, clubs around the city, and we couldn't do it alone. So we're very excited to partner up with the Shelby County Republican Women's Club. 
and combat some of the radical madness happening in our city. Carrie, again, thank you. All right, more on the other side with Tennessee chairman of the GOP, Scott Golden. He was in Arizona for the big RNC winter conference. You want to think it's crazy and there is chaos happening in Memphis? Look no further than the Republican Party on the national scene. It's a mess. We'll ask God about that in a couple minutes. In the meantime, go to our website, kwamradio.com. Check out our top stories, kwamradio.com. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the morning show, this stunning NBC poll. My goodness, showing Trump's largest lead over President Biden. Biden's approval rating right now, 37%, lowest of any president in their re-election year since Bush Sr. His was at 41%. Biden's at 37%. Of those respondents, over 73% said the United States is on the wrong track. Trump up 17% with whites. He's also winning with Hispanics, plus 1%. Trump also up with independence by over 19%. Again, all of this coming out of a new NBC poll. It's pretty, pretty shocking stuff. We actually have a poll on our X page, formerly known as Twitter, asking you guys about this poll because it's making a lot of headlines. So if you look at the data polling, the topics where Trump is destroying Biden, Shocker, it's the border, the economy, it's crime, violence, job competency, and get this, mental and physical stamina. Here's NBC as they're airing these polls live. Take a listen to this in cut number six. Let's just start with the bottom line. When you ask folks, hey, if it's the general election and it's Trump versus Biden in our poll, Donald Trump now leads Joe Biden by five points. Compare that to the last time we polled back in November. Trump was ahead then, but it was only by two points. It's even more significant when you look at it this way. Over time, we have been testing for five years now, going back to 2019, a Biden-Trump matchup. Remember, 2019, 2020, Joe Biden led. He led big in every single one of our polls. For the first time in November, Donald Trump pulled ahead in our poll, and now at five points, this is the biggest lead NBC has ever had in 16 polls for Donald Trump over Joe Biden. And, of course, undergirding all of this is this question of he is the incumbent, Joe Biden. We ask voters, what do you think of the job he's doing? And look at that, Kristen, 37% approve, and now 60% disapprove. He's crashing in every demo right now, which is a golden opportunity for Republicans to win in November. Here to break down the latest, Scott Golden, Tennessee GOP chairman. Scott, thank you for joining us on this Monday morning. Your reaction to this stunning new NBC polling. Yeah, that was uh, I appreciate you playing that, because, of course, as you can imagine, I don't watch NBC, (laughs) MSNBC. So uh, so if they would have said it, I wouldn't have known anything about it. But no, I I saw the results. I mean, look, this is... um, this is five, four years worth of what we warned about in 2020 of how bad Joe Biden was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, inflation, uh, the invasion at the border, um, international crisis that has just been building to, to where we are now with almost a, you know, almost a, a full scale war in the, in the Middle East. This is all a result of what we elected uh, with Joe Biden in 2020. And we thought we said it at the time. It's not going to end well. And here we are. This is a manifestation of it. And I think that what the polls on MSNBC were saying is that this guy can't do the job. So all of the 
top dogs within the Republican Party met in Vegas for their Republican National Committee meeting. I want you to share. You were there. You were on the ground. First of all, give us a report. Then we'll jump into some of the nitty gritties. Yeah, I mean, a lot of stories come out of it. I mean, I, I can tell you that as a group, the RNC is focused on the November elections. That is it. Um, and, you know, what we're doing to get prepared for the November elections. So one of the things that we talk about internally is the infrastructure uh, of getting everything ready so that when our candidates get there, um, whether that's in February, March or whenever, um, you know, we're going to have a convention in July, we'll have a Republican nominee. And but we want the infrastructure prepared for that nominee. That's what it was in 2016. Uh, what helped propel Donald Trump to, to victory over Hillary Clinton. And um, that's what we're getting ready for now. So that was a lot of the internal talk. Again, there's a lot of things that the party has to do. Again, convention being one of them. So we'll be in Milwaukee in, in middle of July, um, making sure that that is run well, that the, that the platform uh, that, the, that the delegates vote for that encapsulizes what Republicans believe, all of that being done. So that, that's a lot of what, I mean, you know, and, and this is something new from four years ago, is all of the election integrity battles that are going on. I mean, people don't know this, but the Republican National Committee is currently involved in 75 different lawsuits across the country. Wow. Um, all of it geared on who's voting, when voting, how to vote. And, um, and all of the, you know, that wasn't, we didn't have that four years ago. So this is all brand new. So Politico ran a big piece. We talked about it last week, and I understand there's only so much you can say and some things you, you, you just frankly can't. So I'll just ask you about it, then we'll go from there. Um, they said Party Few breaks out ahead of the meeting in Las Vegas. You had TPUSA. They held a, I guess, competing conference. A lot of GOP county chairs, local activists warning that the party isn't doing enough to compete in November. And there's no question that the RNC is facing a lot of backlash for losing. We've we've lost a lot. And with the polling that we're seeing coming from NBC, where more and American more and more Americans, over 73% believe the country is headed in the wrong direction. We can't lose this. There is too much at stake. So what are they doing to shore up those concerns that they aren't doing enough to compete in in November, Scott? Yeah, and I, you know, and, and there was there's obviously a lot of lot of discussion about what needs to be done, and and some of this, by the way, is is on some of the state parties. It's it's what we do, right? I mean, we're very we're we're blessed. I work very hard. Uh, I have a group of, of uh, board members across the state. We are in touch every day. We're working very hard as a state party. We raise money. We get prepared for our candidates, and so you know, and we're interfacing with the Shelby County GOP chairs doing a great job and Tipton County and Fayette County and all of these guys. I mean, so some of it is not necessarily on the RNC. Some of it's going to have to be on the state party organizations as well. And then, you know, how the outside groups fit into this. And I, I, you know, and I think, you know, we're in the early stages of all of this. I mean, obviously we're, 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 we're going to get a nominee, um, probably more quickly than, than less quickly, right? Within the next 30, 40 days, this will, the, the primary will all be over with. And then at that point in time, the, the Republican nominee will, will start putting their stamp on what they want. Because again, it's, you know, this is, 
you know, they have to kind of do their own polling where their battleground states are. Fortunately, we, we kind of know where they are, right? We're going to be fighting. That's why we were in Nevada. Um, and one of the, one of the great things about 2022 is for the first time we elected a Republican governor of Nevada. Um, and he was very complimentary of the effort that the RNC made. So, so these types of battleground states, Nevada, Arizona, Georgia, Florida, North Carolina, West Wisconsin. I mean, these, these are where, you know, we're all struggling. I mean, you know, for us in Tennessee, we're very blessed. Very. Uh, the RNC hasn't been in Tennessee for a very, very long time. Right. And, and quite frankly, we, we want them to spend their money in these battleground states. That's what we want. And, and as a state party, we're good. We're already developing our plans to go down and knock on doors in Georgia and North Carolina and how to get our volunteers helping in these battleground states. So I, I you know, I, I think a lot of this is just sort of the, well, it's particularly the week that we're in, there's going to be a lot of noise about the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but once the kickoff starts, the teams know where they're going and everybody will, will be singing in unison by the time uh, this thing gets really kicked off over the summer. Scott Golden, Tennessee GOP chairman on our phone lines this morning. I see the conundrum. There's no question. After 2020, I was reading some some polling. I believe this was Pew. And they said it's like over 70 percent of Republicans do not trust the voting infrastructure in this country because the Democrats came in with the pandemic and they changed all the rules. And, and, And listen, if you want to talk about election interference, we can talk about election interference. I don't think it happened as much on the day of as the fact that you had all of these state Supreme courts changing the rules of voting. So now we are in a post world of that. These are now the ground rules. We've got to play by them. And I have been encouraged to see the RNC because they are trying to push for things like early voting. Talk about bank the vote as well. That's also encouraging to see where we beat them at the ground rules that they've created for all of us to play in now. Yeah, look, I I mean, I think everybody's ideal is, you know, one day voting show up and, you know, at a precinct. But but the reality is, is that, you know, as conservatives, we believe in the 10th Amendment, the 10th Amendment let each state govern its own elections as to how they do it. Um, so, you know, every state's a little bit different. We're very blessed in Tennessee. Heritage ranks Tennessee as the most secure voting of any state in the nation. So what we're doing in Tennessee is doing it right. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, that's not the case in California and Oregon, Washington, Nevada, Colorado. Those states actually mail a ballot to everybody, uh, whether you're, you know, registered one time or maybe gone and moved out for four years. So, I mean, each state's a little bit different. We're having to fight on it. That's what we saw in 2020. There's also a little bit of history there as well. You know, the RNC was prevented from running election day operations by a federal uh, court order that dated back to 1982 in the wake of the Ronald Reagan election. So that was actually lifted for the first time in 2020. So, you know, so that, so this, RNC had a 40-year history of not being legally allowed to handle Election Day operations until mid-2020. We've gotten better at it four years. You're seeing, you know, some of the reforms that came out of the Georgia uh, uh, election law that was passed, the one where they moved the All-Star game. Pennsylvania, of course, we're trying to stop a Secretary of State from arbitrarily, you know, taking ballots in 48 hours after the election. I mean, all of these little things. And I will say this for the RNC team, 
They have election and security, uh, election integrity directors in each of the battleground states already. The program's being run by a good friend of ours from Tennessee that's been in Tennessee politics for 25 years, a guy by the name of Josh Helton. Mm-hmm. And so he's the lead for that. We've never had that before in the history. And some of that, you know, we're spending early. Again, we got to get that infrastructure in place. You can't hire somebody in October and say, okay, get in there and, and fix it. We got to be on the ground in January so that we're seeing problems by the time we get to the election. All right, good stuff. Um, I would say when the seat becomes available, you toss your your hat in there and become the next RNC chairman. But we like you here in Tennessee, so we're not we're gonna keep we're gonna keep you here. Maybe they just copy and paste our infrastructure in the volunteer state across the union. We'd be in fine shape, Scott. I mean, I, I, say, I, I say that all the time. I said, you know, unfortunately, when, when you go to an RNC meeting and you hear what's going on in the other state, I mean, you, you land back in Tennessee and kiss the ground because, I mean, we're doing it great. we got a great legislature, great governor, great federal delegation. Um, I mean, you know, our local elections and, you know, we, we're pretty good, you know, with, with one maybe exception in Shelby County. And we're going to continue to fight. <laughs> And, uh, and, and, you know, I, I, when you look at the, at the width and breadth of Tennessee, we, we do a very good job. And that's one of the reasons why, uh, you know, we don't see much outside help here in Tennessee is because we take care of our own business. And I've been, I'm really proud of what we, what we do on that. But, um, you know, look, this is a whole, I mean, I can tell you that the focus coming out of Nevada for the RNC is that everybody understands the importance of what we're up against in November. And, you know, we lose November. You, 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 I mean, everything from the size of the Supreme Court is what, what's the definition of a state. The cultural battles continue. The illegal immigration invasion continues. Yeah. Um, these, are, these are things that we can't afford to win or lose. If we lose, we're not going to have a country less to fight for. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, I can tell you that everybody to a man is dedicated to what, we're, what 2024 is about. All right. Good stuff. Going to leave it there. Scott, thanks for dropping by. We'll catch up ben, soon. Appreciate you. All right, All right. Scott Golden, Tennessee GOP chairman on the phone lines. More on the other side. Don't go away. What we'll do, we'll come back, hit a couple of stories, read some of your comments, and wrap up the show. How about that? 901-260-5926. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the morning show. So maybe we go over to Penzi's. You know how Project Veritas, they do all of those undercover shenanigans and they take body cam footage and then they release it to the public and we get them all. See, the thing is, is I don't think it would have to be undercover to to get them to stay on the record that they hate you and they hate me and they hate people like Todd. They hate conservatives because it is all over their website really bother me to be honest but again put your money where your mouth is and don't shop there anymore it's very similar this was sent over by my boss and we've been talking about this increase in businesses that are just barring conservatives and he said this about novel he said novel memphis does not want conservatives to shop in their bookstore what a sad sad thing todd goes on to write i love that bookstore and i've spent a lot of money here but I just cannot in good faith do business with such an intolerant and narrow-minded company. It's a free country, folks. So I respect Novel's decision. I think it's a bad business decision, but it's their decision to make. 
I'm certain conservatives will find another bookstore in town, one that is much more tolerant and accepting of other political lifestyles. You guys are responding to that. And people are pushing back. Michael says, this page, KWAM loves to try to decimate and ruin small businesses. No. Michael, Novel Memphis loves to ruin small businesses. We've supported Novel Memphis. Actually, Novel Memphis emails Todd and I probably once every week and asks for us to promote their events. And what have we done? We've tried to be good business partners with them and do business with them to help a a bookstore that is competing with big ones like Barnes and Noble. They're no match for the big, big book stores and box stores, excuse me. So we have been nothing but generous to novel Memphis. And yet they choose to treat those people that have treated them well like that. No, we're not doing business there anymore. And same with Penzies. A lot of you guys are writing in about that story we brought to you at 820 this morning where our friends over with the Republican Women's Club here in Shelby County, one of their ladies dropped into Penzies, Carrie Schween, and they drop in this vanilla packet spice that slanders Carrie for being a transphobic person. Please. Jenna writes this, quit using Penzies years ago because of this. She says instead she uses Dan O's now. That's exactly what you must do. Boycott them and find another tolerant business. Not one like Penzi, not the novel Memphis bookstores of the world. Amy says, no to Penzi's. Stop going there a long time ago because of this. Bob writes, boycott their spice store. Their next step would be to go after non-radical shop owners. History bears this out. Well, it's very true because I'm pulling up my show notes from earlier in the show. And that's exactly what happened when they came out with this Republicans are the number one threat to democracy spice kit, which again, how original what they ultimately had to do because so many of their subscribers walked away from their company. They had to send out a massive email that asked them to purchase gift cards and admitted that Penzi's had lost over 40,000 subscribers after they released the Republicans are weekend set. What a bunch of racists these people are. And intolerable bleep holes. I'll say that. They're terrible. These people are awful. So, yeah, I I endorse every boycott against these businesses because this is how they're treating their patrons that have faithfully subscribed to such spice sets for years. There are other more tolerant spice companies and bookstores in America. All right, we're coming up at the end of the show. Where did I want to go? Because we have a couple different ways. Reading down through a couple of your comments this morning, a lot of you guys just completely fed up over the lack of response by City Hall pertaining to what we saw on Saturday. I hear you. It will be interesting to see where we go from here. The statement that was released to KWAM exclusively by the mayor's office where he basically said, I support peaceful protests, but we also have to keep our citizens safe is probably all the response, hate to say it, we're going to get from them. As far as the Memphis Police Department, they've already wrapped up their investigation, which is there is no investigation because there were no arrests to be made. So where does that leave us going forward? I think you need to go to our website, kwamradio.com, and read down through our top story. Because if it wasn't for Senator Brent Taylor, we won't be getting to the bottom of this, whereas he's launching a probe into the weekend event. 
I love that we have a strong leader like Brent Taylor. It's appalling that Brent Taylor had to pick up the phone himself and call the Tennessee Highway Patrol. That's unbelievable. Was the police chief on the phone with the Tennessee Highway Patrol? Was the mayor on the phone? I mean, Luke Symbol, who dropped by the show in the first hour of this segment, or the first segment of this hour, said the guy was updating his profile picture. My fear is that because Brent Taylor is overly competent, that it will give these people the ability to be even more incompetent than they already are. That doesn't mean Brent Taylor stops fighting because without him, we have no one here in Shelby County. And where are the other Republicans in the delegation? That's what I want to know. Brent Taylor is being lauded as a fighter and you guys are AWOL and looking competent. He needs support here in Shelby County because it is us against them. All right, going to leave it there. Big show tomorrow. Very excited about a couple guests we have lined up. Senator Marsha Blackburn is going to be dropping by the show. We're also working to get Senator Brent Taylor back on as well. Marsha Blackburn on the federal side crafted legislation that would make it a felony to do what these pro-Hamas activists and, and protesters did on, on Saturday. We'll get her reaction to that tomorrow at 845. So be waiting for that exclusive. As I said, go to the website, tell a friend or two about the show. We're growing every single day and we couldn't do it without you guys. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow morning starting at 7.